Welcome everyone to today's devotion. We're in Acts chapter 28. This is the final chapter of this book, uh, which is, I believe, the longest book of the New Testament. Certainly in terms of chapters, it, it ranks up there with, with Matthew. Both have 28 chapters. Uh, but this is the last full book that we have to look at. Uh, a year ago, right around this time, uh, we, we started these. And uh, so we started going through, uh, reading through the New Testament in a year. And so we picked up where we were at that time, uh, which was the book of Hebrews. So we started right in the middle of Hebrews. So uh, starting tomorrow, going into next week, uh, we'll finish those chapters. And then, um, and then you can say, if you've joined us in this entire journey since, since COVID started, to have read through the entire New Testament in a year, one chapter at a time. Um, and then we'll see what we do after after that. Well, uh, let's look at Acts chapter 28. Acts 28, many people have, have highlighted that it's an ending without a conclusion. The story just sort of ends, um, and uh, I think there's reasons for that. Um, but one of the benefits of the ending is it gives us insight into likely when the book was written. The story ends because the story uh, so far didn't have an ending. So it's very likely Luke writes this story um, uh, while he is, uh, or he concludes at least, while he is in Rome. And so he doesn't know what happens next because he hadn't lived it yet. Uh, speaking of Luke, we, we were back with the we statements. And so uh, Luke has been with Paul through the shipwreck and through a lot of the imprisonments and going from, from one trial to another. And now he's appealing to Caesar. In verse 1, after we were brought safely through, uh, we learned that the island was called Malta. So here, here they, they've, they've shipwrecked um, all the prisoners and all the um, uh, workers and sailors and, and guards and Roman soldiers and all that. All of them made it, over 200 in total. And they make it to an island called Malta. Malta is a small island. It's populated now. Uh, we have Southern Baptist missionaries there that we've had here at the church. And um, I've shown pictures of them before where, where they go to, the, to this exact spot where Paul... Um, a shipwrecked and everything. Uh, so, uh, verse 2, The native people showed us unusual kindness, for they kindled a fire and welcomed us all because it had began to rain and it was cold. I was reading this earlier today. I couldn't help but think. They, they, they survived about, was it 14 days uh, at sea due to the shipwreck. Um, they had to swim to shore or float on um, pieces of the ship. Um, and then they land on the island and what happens? It rains. <laughs> Right, uh, I mean that's that's uh, uh, out of the um, fire or out of the frying pan into the fire to quote Tolkien. Um, so poor guys, but they were shown great kindness by the native people, and uh, a fire was made. And you'll notice verse three: Paul is not above serving, so he's surrounded by um, um, soldiers and islanders and everything. Yet he goes out of his way to, to serve everyone. Now remember, he is a prisoner who is unjustly in chains. He shouldn't be in this situation. But despite that, he is, he is encouraging, he is serving, he is playing the part of a Christian. And if we, if we would just grasp that um, as believers, man, the church, our churches would be healthier. We, we would see real growth, not just personally, but, but even numerically um, within our church. If we could just grasp that vision of the Christian life. Verse 3, when Paul had gathered a bundle of sticks and put them on a fire, a viper came out because of the heat and fastened on his hand. 
When the native people saw the creature hanging from his hand, they said to one another, No doubt this man is a murderer, though he has escaped from the sea. Justice, notice that it's a capital J, speaking of the God, Justice, has not allowed him to live. Now, this is bizarre, maybe to, to the modern reader, but but is consistent with, with what we have here. There's both a Roman story and a Jewish story similar to this, where one is shipwrecked, he, he escaped the gods, if you will, uh, he escaped justice, he was a murderer, he lands on an island shipwrecked, uh, and then he dies from a viper bite. Both uh, There's a Jewish story of that, you can read it in, in some of their rabbinical writings, and there's a uh, Roman story just like that. So it makes sense. Here you have prisoners, who were shipwrecked and they survived. And one of those prisoners, they don't know his story, they don't know his name, they don't know why it is that he is a is in, imprisoned. And but all they know is he must have done something bad, otherwise he wouldn't be in jail. Uh, and when he's doing a, a simple task, he is bitten and will likely die. These sort of snake bites are typically uh, deadly at this time. Uh, you don't have um, you know the hospitals that you have today. Uh, whenever this, this sort of stuff happens, well. Um, Paul doesn't die. And so it says, verse 5, He, however, shook off the creature into the fire and suffered no harm. They were waiting for him to swell up or suddenly fall down dead. I mean, can you imagine? <laughs> Here he is by the fire trying to get warm, uh, and you're just watching and waiting for someone to die. right? I mean, there, there's nothing else they can do for him. He, he is going to, to die. And they're just waiting for it to happen. But, Luke says, when they had waited a long time and saw no misfortune come to him, they changed their minds and said that he was a god. Now, there's a couple things to do here. One is, is I believe there is parallel between what we see here and then what we saw in Lystra. Remember at Lystra, um, Paul, and I believe it was Silas was with him. Maybe it was Barnabas. Actually, I think it was Barnabas. Um, they heal a guy. And then everyone thinks this is, uh, is it Zeus and Hermes, I believe it was, have come and, and they declare them to be gods. And, and Paul goes out of his way to say, no, no, we're, we're not gods. And end up stoning him and leaving him for dead outside city gates. Here we have something similar in that they believe he's a god, but you'll notice Luke doesn't conclude the story. I believe it's safe to say that, that Paul corrected their theology and pointed them to the one and true living God, because that's what he had done before. We can also point to uh, the ending of Mark about um, handling of, of vipers. We can even look at a few passages in the Gospels, like in Luke, where similar things are, are said. Um, I, I don't want to chase that rabbit because it, it gets into the complication of manuscripts, but um, there is precedent for, for this sort of sort of thinking. Uh, but nevertheless, um, after that, we get another narrative in Malta where Paul heals uh, the chief man of the island, a man by the name of Publius. Um, his father lay sick, sick with fever and dysentery, and Paul heals him. And so in verse 10, they, um, they honored us greatly, and when we were about to sail, they put on board whatever we needed. So, so this group goes from assuming he's a murderer to seeing that he was a man of God. And no doubt Paul used these as a tool and as a means of sharing faith with the Maltese. Now, we don't know what really came of this. I know there's traditions and whatnot. Uh, but in terms of in the text, um, you know, we, we, we just don't know. But they wait there for three months to wait out the winter. 
um, which you may recall, Paul said, we don't need to go to sea, let's wait out the winter, we're not going to make it. It's exactly what happened. Now they've learned their lesson, they're going to wait out the winter, wait for summer months. So we get that in verse 11. After three months we set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island, a ship of Alexandria with the twin gods as a figurehead. Notice again, a lot of details. We don't need these details. We don't need to know this ship was from Alexandria or that it had the twin gods. This was typical of ships uh, to have the twin gods. Um, if, if you saw these twin gods, uh, you can Google who they are. I can't remember the names off the top of my head. Uh, they're related to the constellations. If you saw their stars, that was a good omen. So we, we know this. We have examples of this in archaeology. Well, what is, what is amazing is uh, this other ship had, had marooned on the island to wait out winter as well. This is what we call providence. God has brought them even through the storm and um, has provided a way for them off the island to get to Rome the rest of the way. This, this is providence here. And Paul would have seen it as providence. Um, you can go down to verse 14. Um, Paul finally arrives to Rome. Uh, and the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the Forum of Apius and the three taverns to meet us. Now, again, this is speaking from someone who was in Rome and knew where these locations are. I don't know if we have found these or know where they are. I don't, I don't know. We've mapped out the ancient city of Rome. But Luke knew where they were. And uh, he knew the believers from, from those areas. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. So you'll notice that um, Paul has some real freedom. He's not an ardent criminal, certainly not a murderer. Um, but he is still imprisoned. He is chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day. Now, can you imagine being one of those guards? Um, what do you think Paul talked about with him? At some point, they're going to get around to the gospel. Well, and then, then we get, not just he arrives in Rome, but Paul does in Rome what he had done everywhere else, even though he was chained and, in, and under house arrest. He goes to the Jews, and then he goes to the Gentiles. Uh, now, we know that there was already a church in Rome. Paul's already written the book of Romans by this point. Um, and now you remember in the book of Romans, he says, my intentions are to come visit you. Um, well, he never made it the way he wanted, but God brought him to Rome nevertheless. So, so some of these brothers he, he met with probably had read the original copy of that letter. Can, can you imagine? Well, verse 17, after three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And there he defends himself. And he says, look, if whatever you've heard about me, it's, it's not true. I come believing in the Messiah. And he shares the gospel with them and defends himself. Verse 21, The Jews said to him, We've received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are. For with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it is spoken against. So Paul has to defend uh, not just himself, but the reputation of the gospel among the Jews. Um, which, without really understanding what it is, uh, they're against it. You know, not that we do that today, right? So Paul shares with them, and they largely reject, as has happened in all the cities. So he quotes Isaiah 6 there at the end, where um, uh, the, the people have grown dull, they won't listen, stuff like that. I really want to read the, the last two verses of Acts, um, because, again, it's an ending without a conclusion, but I do think at the same time it's a really good ending. 
So it says, He lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness without hindrance. Now, if, if you were to take this conclusion at Acts and you pair it with the beginning of Luke, the gospel, and see that Luke Acts is really one book in two parts. Much in the same way the Lord of the Rings is three books. We could really say it's six books. Um, or I'm sorry, it's one book, but we read it in three or sometimes even six volumes. So too, what you have are two volumes, but it's one story, the story of Jesus and the story of the Spirit uh, working through through the church. And you, you may recall that the message of, of Jesus was very much the kingdom of God has come. And Acts ends with that message. Paul is preaching the kingdom of God as, as having come. It has come in the personal work of Jesus. And so Paul's ministry in Rome, what started in, in Jerusalem, really in Bethlehem, has now made it all the way to Rome. It's very likely when, when Luke wrote this, Paul was still in Rome or had just left Rome, had gone somewhere else. We, there's hint that maybe he went to Spain, uh, some debate about that. Uh, but we do know that he will eventually leave this imprisonment continue ministry that we do get in in the latter epistles, but he will eventually find himself again in Rome. There he will, according to tradition, be executed, beheaded under Nero, his persecution of Christians. This is the end of Acts. So we see the providence of God and the work of the gospel, which began in Jerusalem, where Christ was crucified and risen and has found its way all the way to at least Rome. We've seen this in the uh, two apostles of Peter and Paul. So with that, Lord willing, tomorrow we will start the book of Hebrews. Uh, if you're interested in the book of Hebrews, our Sunday school class right now is on the book of Hebrews, doing some really excellent work there. Um, we'd love it for you to come join us. And if not, join us tonight, 630. We'll be in Genesis 14 looking at Mel Melchizedek. Hope to see you there.